0: I have been searching
1: Welcome to Following the Fire, a podcast for Christians who are rethinking their faith and need a safe place to doubt. As we wander through the
2: spiritual wilderness, we want to find and follow God wherever the pillar of fire leads. And just like God's people in the Bible, we get lost, we miss the point, and we don't have all the answers. But maybe that's okay. We're on this journey together. I'm Nathan And I'm Steve. But even on
0: my heart, can't compare with what you're worth.
2: How are you doing with all the. I feel like we're both going through a bunch of stress and changes. How's the. Oh, yeah. How's the new responsibility, new role? That's.
1: Mouth around f- a fire hose. Yeah, I was going to say, are you feeling it? Yeah, because we have, um, so I was, in, I was managing two software teams and a UX team, a, a small UX team. But. And so now I'm the director of software engineering and user experience. So I'm in charge of the same team as before, but now I'm going to hire a manager to take over that team. I still manage the UX team, and I'm directly managing our firmware team or embedded software, which is like six more people and one guy in Australia. <laughs> oh, and and so um, it's sucked up a lot. Like my my calendar, I wish I thought was busy enough, exploded like overnight. So yeah, I'm I'm very busy, but it's uh, it's like a good busy. Um, I I. I thrive on not knowing stuff <laughs> or maybe that's not another not way to put it i thrive on uh challenges i guess and not and not being able not not being able to just figure it out easily
2: which is and it sounds like jumping in like it sounds like you probably like like once you've gotten to know a certain thing well enough it's actually more yeah. fun to not know a thing so that you can jump into it and
1: learn it. Oh yeah. 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 And it, there's always there's always improvements that can be made wherever in whatever you're doing, but <clears throat> after a while you can know what's gonna happen next and then there's no twist twist ending, right? And yeah. then who needs them not shall Is that shamelin? Shaman
2: I have never Shyamalan. been able to say that correctly. Shamalan Really easy to say correctly. Shyamalan. No, that was that was worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. I really liked the Sixth Sense.
2: Everything after that, I was like, eh, could be better. There are some surprises by Sh- M. Shyamalan. Well, there was something recently that I, I ended up liking. I mean, I love Signs. Mm-hmm. That's Shyamalan. I have issues with Signs, but you no, know, no spoilers. I really liked um,
1: Unbreakable. Yeah, oh, that was good. Yeah. That's
2: all I got. I was not a. I was not a fan of The Village. I don't think I've ever seen that in chronological order, but I worked in a th- in a th- movie theater when that was out, so I've seen snippets. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't worth the free movie passes to go see it for me. Why does this not have a oh, director? And then I haven't seen most of the rest. <sighs> I think he was he kind of became known as the twist ending person, and yeah, you can't. That's too predictable. Yeah, kind of. After a certain, if you're just going to go see, hey, this is the guy that always does a twist movie at, you know, twist at the end of the movie.
1: No, I, I have been watching the show on Apple TV Plus called Servant. Okay. And it's, it's at least, I think it's based on his, it's based on his idea. I'm not sure if he's a producer, or director, or whatever.
2: Executive producer. Yep. But it's, it's been pretty good. And director for some of the episodes. Okay. Servant. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you like creepy, scary, it's a bit
2: kind of horror-ish. I don't. Heather does. I do not.
1: Yeah, I've been on a horror movie television show Kick lately. I don't know why. Probably something something psychology.
2: Yeah. I (laughs) I feel like I've only wanted to see light comedies since about March of 2020 for some reason.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe Maybe it's, I, I don't know, maybe it's my... That with the weird feeling of, well, at least I have it better than them. I didn't get possessed <laughs> yeah. by a demon. Could be worse.
0: <laughs> Could be worse. <laughs> Could be.
1: Things are actually pretty and good for a lot of people. There some su- surprising uh, spiritual uh, themes and stuff. Kind of thinking back to the episode about uh, deconstruction in popular media, you know?
2: Yeah, signs yeah. is a deconstruct. Oh man, I gotta rewatch signs.
1: Oh, that's right. That's a he's a word.
2: deconstructed. I mean, he's a pastor who loses faith because of right. Trump. You know, because of loss. Huh. Interesting.
1: Oh yeah, somebody on the on the Facebook group mentioned how, like, isn't all this deconstruction stuff in the the, the reason? or He said the reason there's so much deconstruction stuff in movies and TV is that. It's just basically growth. It's a character think, arc, <laughs> right? It's it's a classic character yeah. arc of person. It's it's like have you, have you ever looked into or heard of the uh, like stuff about Pixar and how they got to be popular? One of the they had this like the Pixar formula for storytelling. It was like they they summed it up in a few, couple sentences. Like um, every day, this happens you know, with the main character until, you know, something big happens mm-hmm. and then this, then this, then this, then this. And then I, I forget all the de- details of people go Google it and look it up. But, um, but basically every single Pixar story starts with the, the status quo. Everything's fine. And then something triggers something, Some something happens. Nemo gets taken by the diver and then that throws everything up in the air. Everything changes. Person goes on a growth journey and at the end everything's different, but it's better. Huh. And it's pretty much every single Pixar movie that's that's gone well <laughs> is is that exact same arc, which is kind of what I mean we're all hoping for that, that at the end of this
2: we're gonna be in a better place. Whatever yeah. that looks like, right? That's so that's so interesting. And it makes it makes sense that just this a good story is about uh people getting new perspective, new experience or having to stretch beyond what they were doing before. Yep. And, uh, I think deconstruction is such a nebulous thing, but, um, for a lot of us, it's definitely just another word for growth or change. So that makes a lot oh, of here,
1: sense. Here it is. Here's the formula, eight steps. And you too can have a internationally, you know, world around movie. So once upon a time there was, every day, and then one day, because of that, because of that, because of that, until finally, and ever since then. So those are like ah. the, the the eight like uh, prompts for for if you can't break your story down into those things, just eight simple sentences, then the story's too complex for kids or people really. <laughs> kids are people That's too. right? Yeah, it's good.
2: I'm going to have to try out some uh, personal storytelling with that with that formula. Yeah, okay. oh, that's
1: good. Yeah. So anything new for you lately?
2: Um, I got a rock tumbler. What? Yeah, it's like a classic like make gift smooth that you and give shiny. Like a 10-year-old. But um I pick I pick up interesting looking tiny little rocks, pocket sized pebbles, everywhere I go. Yeah. Because here's my theory. So I like the little details along the way hiking. I'm usually looking at mm-hmm. the, like the mica or the yeah. little lichen and not necessarily at the Vista. Uh, um and I think it's because I'm short sighted and flat footed. <laughs> So, I like to hike, but I can't, you know, I don't see that well. And um, I'm flat-footed, so I have to constantly look down as I'm mm. going anywhere. Um, or else I'll fall over. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I, I, the whole time I'm like, ooh, cool little rocks. And so, um, for a few months I've been thinking, man, what if I, like, maybe I could like, tumble them and maybe they would look cool. <laughs> so again, I'm pretty sure that here's the story arc of a tumbler. So once upon a time, um, there was a kid that just had a bunch of plain old rocks um, until he saw these cool shiny rocks at the store and learned that you can just buy a tumbler and get these. And so he gets this thing he plugs it in, and then I think a hundred percent of people who buy a rock tumbler probably use the kit that comes with it because it comes with some <laughs> pre made rocks. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I've, I guess I know what was going to happen at the end of that. It's you get sm- a little bit smoother rocks, and then that's the end. It probably never gets used again after that time.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, probably.
2: So we'll see. I'll keep you posted. It's like a, it's like a month long process. So.
1: Yeah. I, uh, when, when I did my semester in Vienna, we did, you know, we had like a year rail pass. We can go all over the place. I, for a while there, I, I, I tried to get a, a, a stone or a cobblestone or something from every country we went to. Like little tiny cobblestones, like maybe like an inch and a half cross.
2: I was like, cobblestones are huge. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, like little tiny ones, you know, that you yeah. get in like Prague or whatever. And, uh, so I I have a bunch of those in the basement someplace. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Something, this is something interesting about, I don't know if you call it spiritual or what, but, but like, like dirt from the place you were, it's like, it's just dirt, right? Or a rock
2: or whatever. It's it's like, kind of like you're there
1: still something.
2: Def, that's definitely what I've, like, I take them from meaningful places. Yeah. To retain a connection to that place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my mind is not good at, at an, it's like, instead of just remembering this and making an actual connection, I have to grab a thing and bring it back with me.
1: Yeah. It's better than paying like 50 bucks
2: for somebody else to pick it up for you. I was going to say, I don't know any of the rules for when are you allowed or not allowed to take things
1: from. Probably never, you know, from so places like Interpol probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast right now. But. Right. It made it made me think of that story in the in the Old Testament. I forget the dude's name. He was not an Israelite, but he he's the guy who had leprosy and he like bathed seven times in the water. Naaman, is that is that Naaman? Does his name? Yeah. And he he actually he wanted to to worship the God of Israel, and so he took a box of dirt from Israel, so he could continue to worship. The God of Israel, oh, interesting! At his, in his home country of Assyria or wherever it was. That's really interesting. It's like Yahweh could only be the God when that dirt was around or something, right? In his mind, anyway.
2: Like an embassy that's like the ground below it belongs to the United States or something.
1: Yeah, which which made me then think of the the Bram Stoker's Dracula when at the very, very beginning of the movie, no spoilers, um, Dracula is actually being transported across countries in, in dirt from Transylvania. He's like sleeping in the dirt and it had to be from the, there so he had to maintain his magical powers or something. I forget. And it's probably a big leap from Dracula to or from Naaman to Dracula. I <laughs> I digress. World
0: is not my home. I'm just passing.
1: So, we uh, I asked on the uh the Following the Fire Facebook discussion group a few days ago that we were going to be
2: recording a Q&A episode or we, we can call it Q&A or Q&R, Nathan. We mostly do have responses and not so much answers. But yeah, q and maybe some answers, but definitely responses. But that's it's like a prompt and, and
1: talking. <laughs> Q&R probably sums it up better. But
2: yeah.
1: q and and r whatever you want. Anyway, so I, I said, hey, what questions do you have? Do you know, like any topic, whatever? And we've got some really good questions, some really tough ones, some that are so deep and complex that we probably are going to just give short answers to because anything more would be like... Uh, not not uh, fair. Um, but, you know, so we'll see how it goes. And so uh, I had a crazy day at work. And uh, so I, we got all the questions together. But, uh, Nathan, you you kind of went, combed through and we picked ones you kind of wanted to discuss. So well, I'll shoot it to you and let you start. We'll talk about some of these.
2: Yes. And just like any excuse to talk, I like all of them, so thank you for yeah. uh, submitting these. Um, I think if, we, if I keep us disciplined and moving, we can probably hit all of the questions with some kind of a response. But I want to start, try to group these a little bit, um, with uh, just some talk about deconstruction, because that comes up so often in the group comes up a lot in our discussions and with our guests uh so the first one was what's the goal of deconstructing and we some of these questions uh by the way in the group because it's a discussion group a lot of people um responded to so Mm -hmm. really for the best for the a part just go to the group and read those those answers um we're not necessarily going to do better than that um I tend to disagree with questions like this cuz it I disagree <laughs> with the premise. What do you mean? Um Well, I th- I think obviously the goal is going to depend on your point of view or kind of what you mean by deconstruction and what you mean by right. goal. So, not to it, deconstruct. It, 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 yeah,
1: the question implies that there's one goal.
2: Yeah, and right? I I think I think some people kind of want to know know that that answer t- a little bit more tangibly like well where do where's the finish line of this or um what, what, you, what is your what are your intentions with my deconstruction <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
2: and i would say that an easier question to answer would be something like well what should the church's role be in deconstruction you know what what should the goal be of a pastor if you are helping someone that is deconstructing in your congregation. That's mm-hmm. kind of a more, you've now framed it into perspective and, and that kind of thing. Or what should the role of friends be during de- deconstruction? I've got a buddy who's deconstruc- mm. deconstructing kind of, what should I be, you know, what should my goal be there? And I guess for me, it's kind of because it's like, I think of deconstruction a little bit more like uh, grief like mm. you don't start grieving on purpose. You don't start grieving mm-hmm. because you have a goal. You start grieving because you have a loss. You experience some kind of a a, a trauma or a sad event. And then that's if re- you were. It's
1: a really good analogy, I got to say. I, have, have you brought that up before? I've, I don't know. It's I like that very, analogy a lot.
2: That really explains you, you a lot. Probably, you probably brought it up. Um, but it's, it's very <laughs> much right. like. Is a thing that happens to a lot of people more than they right. choose to do. Um, and just mm. like grief, someone who's in grief is, go- is going to ask this question like, what is the, like, where am I going here? But the goal of grief is not to stop. Mm-hmm. And the goal of grief is also not to get better. Mm. I mean, if there is a goal, but the, you know, it's really how can you. Be healthy when you grieve. Um, mm. What is grief? Grief. What is grief doing? Is there a purpose to it? Um, is there? Is it going to get better? Because um, I think what you want is to fully grieve, to grieve healthily. You're going to come back to it sometimes to revisit. So mm-hmm. I definitely see deconstruction in that light, and if the goal is to do it healthily, I I would say that's a good goal, but that's kind of evading the question.
1: Yeah. When I first saw it, I'm I'm glad you put it that way. It's like something that happens to you and it's just a process. And honestly, in some ways with grief, there are some aspects of grief that may never go away. Yeah. And honestly, as you know, sort of traumatic and just difficult as this whole process has been and continues to be sometimes. I don't think I want to find myself in a place where I'm just not really thinking about what i what's going on. I mean, not that if you're not just, I'm not saying that if you're not deconstructing, you're not thinking about it, you know, but I, f- I feel like a, uh, I, along with probably a lot of people listening to this, uh, have, in at least in their in their lives, they probably are have been in, in the place of just kind of accepting the way things have been in a lot of ways, not even thinking about a possible difference like that. May, that this could change. Um, yeah. and so when I first thought about the answer to this question, I did I actually thought about. It. The the goal being a process, like the goal being not, I want to end up in this position, this place or this location, but more of a, the goal is to dismantle the things that don't matter or the things that harm. And so I guess in some ways you might say that you end up with only the good stuff, but I don't know. I like your answer better. Uh, it's it's not so much a a thing that you do, but it's a thing that kind of happens to you, and you kind of go along for the ride, and try to do your best along the way.
2: Yeah, and I do think I do think there is something to like deconstruction in the sense that you're you decide to take something apart all the way to the the fundamental elements, and then reconstruct it or or examine it and understand it. Yeah. That's kind of a different... I think I'm pretty loose in what I even use... what I mean when I say deconstructing. So yeah. in that sense, the goal of deconstruction is to understand something better than you did before, like you said. Um, so that that can be a very real, tangible goal. Yeah. And then I would say that to you know you'd almost want to be able to reconstruct it and see the whole and the individual parts that you've now taken apart so you don't want to get so disconnected that you you can't kind of see both of those things in perspective the the whole yeah. system that you were looking at and also the individual broken or not broken parts of it that that kind of make it up i, I do think there's a that's kind of more the deconstruction philosophy uh part of it Um, that, that seems like a cyclical thing to me, but I think, you know, again, my perspective was more of the emotional kind of deconstruction than maybe a logical one.
1: Yeah. And it's hard to, hard to take those apart. You know, try as you might, there's always a lot more emotion tied up in logic than we think. (laughs) We like to think we're super logical, but we're not.
2: Definitely, and th- there's a c- a couple of questions that were very much up up this. So, one okay. is, what's the focal point of deconstruction? What are the goals of it? Um, how is it? How do you know if it's time to stop um, and shift to the rebuilding part of it? Um, and are we ever finished?
1: Hmm. Well, like, like kind of like I said, I, I hope I'm not finished in some ways because. I guess in some ways I've always been kind of, I've always felt that we should deconstruct ourselves a little bit before I had a term for that. Um, you know, being, being brought up with Paul's words ringing through my ears, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's kind of what I feel like I'm doing. And so I hope I always continue to do that. And so like the focal point to that, to that question, um, it's kind of in the name of our podcast i think in my mm-hmm. mind like I, I i solidly believe in god um i'm kind of wondering if, what that means in some ways now back when i before i thought i had it all figured out but you know maybe i didn't so but i, I do know that that's that's the focal point is i want to follow god wherever
2: that goes and uh hope i'm going to keep following that leads very uh, cleanly into the next uh, set of questions. So these are about the role of God in people's deconstruction or in this movement of people. So one is what what role does the Holy Spirit um, also, or the Spirit of God or the mind of Christ play in deconstruction and reconstruction? Hmm. And how do you see God's involvement in the deconstruction happening in American evangelicalism? Is this a move by God or man or both? And what roles do we all play?
1: Hmm. I'm going to let you take that one because you are you know everything about the Holy Spirit. So, you know. <laughs> there we
2: go. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not a complicated subject or anything. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, uh, I'll tell you, I have all of the magical insights. Just me.
0: <laughs>
2: from doing some numerology uh, in my spare time. Right. Um, so movement by God in general is a thing that I have severely underestimated in my Christian upbringing in my, my, mm. my worldview believes in God, but doesn't really think a whole lot about God actually doing the things that I, that God says mm. he's doing. Yeah. And I think I focused on things like, you know, oh, a certain person became president, maybe God did or didn't want that, or God wants me to marry this person, mm-hmm. right? They're kind of limited to that. Yep. And increasingly, I'm seeing that healthy churches are the churches who believe that they don't do any of this stuff and that it's all up to God and that they're kind of trying to move the same direction as God and not against God, as opposed to stuff that they're doing all on their own. So mm-hmm. I have a personal journey where I've been maybe in the last couple of years trying to move more towards trusting that God does move and is moving and that I don't have to necessarily do so much of it myself. And as a result, I've started to focus on some of those things like, is God moving? How is God moving? Or what would God be doing through this? And, uh, I absolutely see God working through, What's happening in American evangelicalism, what's happening in individual, just believers' journeys. And I, I mean, I probably, if I didn't believe that, that there was something that God was doing or could do from this, I wouldn't be on this show talking about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Is God working to restore and improve the American church? I don't, I don't think so you know i is there why, is this like why do you a do you think so um i haven't seen churches or institutions really reacting to this as much as mm. i have seen individuals reacting to this mm. and i think that point. we we are a lot more concerned about the institutions than god is especially the like the american ones mm. like the the american church in 2020 I think what I've, you know, I think God is working to help Christians separate their culture from their calling in, in America right now. Um, I've seen a lot of that. Or I should step back and say, what is my framework for even making these evaluations and saying where where God isn't and isn't? And I, I guess what I mean by this is, where am I seeing the fruit of the Spirit? Like. In people's lives, in what direction? Mm -hmm. And so maybe a gross generalization would be that the reaction I have seen from churches have not been full of the fruit of the Spirit in my experience. Mm -hmm. But the reactions that I've seen from Christians who are deconstructing have... in in the people that I know or the people we've spoken to have ended up with these changes that I think demonstrate fruit of the spirit and movement Mm. by God. And I think that this is a moment for Christians to focus on hurting people and other people and outside people. And I think that whenever that happens, that is, that is God moving um, because that is what God's priority is. Mm. And Personally, I've you know I, I try to pray the Lord's Prayer every day. So in the framework of that um, kind of meditation, I have experienced that daily sustenance, that daily bread, and I think I have seen it for people who are working through this kind of thing. And we have all of this deconstructing language in the Bible, by the way, of uh, like God is near the brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. or the crushed in spirit right or blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven they inherit the kingdom that's a crazy paradox and i think that i have seen this happening in the the last few years that the the people who think they're being thrown out of the king the wedding party are actually the ones that that are invited Hmm. um yeah and then like anything, I think there's still temptation and danger that we're going to just turn into, I don't know, the uh, hating our enemies and loving our friends, just like, like any kind of movement or group. Mm-hmm. But I think that God is involved in what is happening in American evangelicalism because of the increase in love that I've seen in people who kind of follow down that path, even though it's a path full of grief and, and pain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. You have triggered a lot of thoughts in my head about this one. Um, so like, as far as the role of the, of God and the spirit and etc. in this whole process, if I feel like I'm, it's so. Su- I mean, it's all a guess, right? It's yeah. so sub- so so subjective. Because if I think that I'm doing the right thing, then oh yeah, then the spirit of God's totally with me and prompting me to do these things, prompting me to look at things differently and reevaluate. Well, okay, then why isn't the spirit of God doing those things with everybody? You know, and, right. and not that. The spirit has to do the same thing with everybody. Um, but then you said something about like if, if wherever the these good things are happening, that's that's evidence that the spirit's involved because they're good things. And I started thinking about the whole. See, <laughs> the problem here is this: some of these questions, like this question, almost requires you to not be in the middle of deconstruction when you. <laughs> In order to give a decent answer, because I keep yeah. like every single sentence I say, I'm like, well, what maybe if it's not though, you know, cause I, you say that and I started thinking, well, if, if whatever if something good is happening and if God is the father of all good things, then what do you do with the people who are of another religion or no religion at all who are doing good things? Is God working through them? then does that mean he approves of them or whatever? I I
2: don't know. Yeah. (laughs) So many questions. (laughs) There's a, there's a bizarro following the fire podcast happening at the same moment where the answer is, is the spirit working through this deconstruction and, and where the two people say, Oh yeah, the Lord is purifying the church. The people who weren't, weren't uh, true believers to begin with are falling away and, and uh, following their hearts' desires, right? So, right. Um, the my claim is not. I I, I don't mean to be sharing as as strong a certainty as it probably sounds like I'm saying. Uh, but from my my relational experience, I would say that there has been more light than dark, and more mm-hmm. growth than decay, in the in the people who are going through this difficult time and feel outcast and and that kind of thing. And then um, it's my belief that those are the kinds of things that this, that the kingdom of God is like, that's what kind of a kingdom it is Mm -hmm. is a kingdom for those kinds of people. Um, But that's me making the leap that, man, I think the spirit is the kind of thing that is for, the broken people and that the kingdom is the kind of place that is for the black sheep on the outside. Mm. Um, And when I, when I draw the line around that kingdom, I see, I have seen the, the growth happen in those, in those communities. But yeah, again, I don't, I don't actually know.
1: Yeah. I mean, anytime you ask like, what is God doing? Or why? Why is God doing the fill in the blank? Probably wrong on things, <laughs> Definitely. I mean that, and then that gets dangerously into. And I'm not saying this question is implying this at all, but it gets into the creating God in your own image problem, because you think, well, I I would never do that, or I would never think that way. Um. Therefore, God wouldn't, and therefore. That this is what God is wanting to do, yeah. And then there's also the presumption that things that you want to happen are God's way of approving of you or not. If they're bad things that have happened to you,
2: totally. There, there was a bumper sticker in front of me in traffic today. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was it was like, "Have you considered that you might be wrong about everything?" <laughs> or, <Yeah>. or like, <laughs> "Have you considered that you might be on the totally wrong side?" Um, Do I have a a podcast for you? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a, well, it's a great bumper sticker because that's just, anyone who reads it's going to be like, well, gosh, maybe, you know, because that's what I did. I was like, yeah, I could totally totally be on the wrong side of this whole thing for sure. Yeah. And it's an interesting exercise to, to have, you know, that's the kind of thing a politician would never be allowed to answer on the record. Have you considered uh-huh. that you might be wrong about this issue? Yeah, I might be wrong, but we're going to go with our gut on this, you know? Um, oh boy. Yes. That's a so great I,
1: question to ask yeah.
2: at, at any time, you know, good bumper sticker. And I really mean it as like, you don't just show it to people who are wrong. <laughs> you can, you got to ask yourself um, that question occasionally.
1: Yeah, it kind of makes me think of, you know, I'm, I've been in engineering land all week and, uh, that's not a that's not a theme park. It's just, you know, work. Every theme park and, are, is
2: engineering land. <laughs> <was gonna> say, <laughs> that would be a pretty cool theme park, but you're right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. The the ones that aren't get like just bulldozed by lawsuits pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> uh so I've been in engineering land all week and they're in software, there's often bugs that pop up, or even hardware stuff. You know, there's there's things that don't, they don't work out. The drop test breaks the thing and it doesn't work, or the software doesn't do what it's expected. So you you go together and you say, okay, we got a problem. We got to fix this problem, or we got to change the way this thing behaves. And so you tend to get into like this this mode of you like do a fishbone diagram and all these things to figure out the problems and the root cause and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, I find it, it's always so very helpful to when when you Figure out this big giant solution to the problem. To say what would happen if we did nothing. <laughs> like, like what? What if we don't fix this bug? What if it breaks when it drops? What? What's going to happen? And it's kind of the same. It's kind of asking that question. Like what if everything you thought is wrong? What if you're on the wrong side of everything? And it's 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 a, if nothing else, it's a good level set for you know what if if nothing is done and you don't change, what's your life going to look like? Or if, if you do change, what's your life going to look like? And that's kind of the a kind of introspection that's so easy to not do. And as I kind of hinted at earlier, it's kind of an introspection I hadn't done in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think partially is I kept myself so stinking busy all the time, I didn't have time to think about it. Yeah. And the times that I had quiet time with God or whatever – reading my Bible or praying, i entered into it with all kinds of presuppositions and barriers of areas that I'm not allowed to ask the question, what if I do nothing? Or what if I turn it upside down? So, I don't know, maybe that's the goal of deconstruction. Maybe that's what God's doing. <laughs> Asking us to ask ourselves, what if you're on the wrong side of things?
2: I, don't know and it's, I, I also feel like I, I can be guilty of either oversimplifying or just putting my own experience on a very diverse and non-uniform scattering of experiences. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to be mindful too of the people who, for whom deconstruction was extremely damaging and painful and that they are not feeling like they're in a better place or like not like, you know, God was taking care of them, but kind of the opposite. Um, and so I don't want to, um, oversimplify too much. Cause I mm-hmm. think I, there's definitely that as well. And we have to in, encompass that in our, in, in kind of the view to, to keep a, I don't know, keep from simplifying out the, the ugly bits, But I do believe that like deconstruction or this growth and change and challenging, Mm -hmm. I think that if we look at it from a Christian perspective, that we very much see the spirit leading people through this kind of thing in the Bible a lot, Mm -hmm. kind of the whole new Testament. But my favorite example is Peter and Cornelius where it's a, oh yes a explicitly spirit led deconstruction that ends with a with with Peter kind of accepting a, a an unbiblical and unJewish and uh and blasphemous idea that he can eat with a Gentile and that he can accept a Gentile into into the sect of, of of Judaism that he is kind of a leader of mm-hmm. and. So I think what we learned from that is that sometimes it's this big challenging thing, um, but there's a a direction that is consistent, which is that it is towards loving people and towards even meeting, meeting people where they are. And I think that that's a good, I think that, I think that Jesus, the Jesus deconstruction movement, where he says, you have heard it taught, but I tell you. We see Jesus hitting people with the logos, pathos, and ethos kind of re- mm-hmm. revamp, where he, he he has the words of, you know this, but I tell you this. Mm-hmm. He challenges people to change who they're hanging out with and who they're eating with, and even who they aspire to be. Yeah. Who do you look look up to? And then the authority, the who has spiritual status in our community. Jesus came in and turned all of those upside down. And if that's not deconstruction, then yeah. I don't know what it is.
1: Jesus, the original deconstructionist. The
0: treasures are laid yes. Up somewhere beyond the blue The angels beckon me From heaven's open door And I can't feel at home
2: Which, uh, speaking of, uh, one question was, isn't deconstructing exactly what Martin Luther and Stone and Campbell were doing?
1: You know, I, I almost immediately responded with, yes, absolutely. But I'm not sure, I mean, so in some ways, yes, absolutely. They were rethinking, in as much as they were rethinking things and they were... Trying to get rid of some of the the cruft and detritus that was on on the the crust of the Christianity at the time, um, but the Martin Luther and Stone and Campbell. So Martin Luther the Reformation and the Stone Campbell movement was the restoration, as, as the terminology goes. They kind of were doing different things, yeah, uh, from each other. For one, yeah. So Martin Luther was a Catholic priest, and he just wanted to reform the Catholic Church. He didn't want to start something new. He didn't want to right. break off. He That's why his, the theses were—well, that's why it's called the Reformation, right? So he wanted to reform it. And so these 95 theses he, he nailed on the wall and, and were on the door were ways that he thought that the Catholic Church had gone away from Scripture— and what how, what they needed to do to fix it, and very comprehensive list. But he ended up leading a revolution, basically. And Stone and Campbell were basically Methodists and Baptists, and they um, what they wanted to do is go back to the Bible only. So it was similar. And they want, they but they wanted to start a new thing, and with the goal of restoring back to the first century church, which uh, Martin Luther had no interest in at all, because that's just not Catholic church was an evolving thing, and yeah. so they never really wanted to go back to the first century because they were fine as it was in their mind. So, you know, I'm getting getting in the weeds a little bit, but. I feel like what's going on now what we are calling quote unquote deconstruction in 2022 is almost a movement out outside of church completely a lot of people going through this process one of their first steps is to realize where they are going to church is not going to work anymore for whatever reason and so whereas the, the previous two guys or three people two movements we're trying to fix something. Folks going through this now seem to tend to be like, let's just toss it all in the, in the garbage and start over and figure out what's really core and go from there. And, and for a lot of people, that includes the Bible. It includes a lot of fundamental beliefs that the previous folks mentioned would never have even thought of deconstructing. But I think, so all of that, all those those weasel words, as Wikipedia would call them, (laughs) to say um, that it's the same, I think it's the same uh, heart. Something's wrong with my faith, and it needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. The path is different, and the motivations are different in some ways. But I think a lot of that is... uh, as I'm talking I'm thinking a lot of that may have to do just with the fact that technology is different now. I mean if the internet was around when Martin Luther was around, it maybe it looked exactly like it looks now because right. I, I can't we cannot discount how how big of a factor that is in this whole process
2: yeah i I definitely think that the uh, like the the start of those movements have Certainly, some similarities to what people have today, maybe more so, Martin Luther than Stone Campbell. We have veered off from what I think the truth is or or something like that, yeah, but I personally would certainly think that it was a failure and very ironic if this turned into a new movement, you know, like so for me, so yeah. Stone Campbell turned into the churches of Christ and kind of, and other um, denominations. And it would be kind of ironic to, if folks who are going through deconstruction, then, you know, start the deconstructed church. Because I, I personally don't think it's kind of a movement. And I would retroactively blame Stone and Campbell of uh, for this or accuse them of this, even though I'm ignorant to how they actually were. But when you move from certainty to certainty, when you move from, you know whatever they were before to then now we have all the correct answers you yeah. feel like you have grown zero you yep <laughs> and so I, I think a better movement would be one that starts with certainty and ends with that harmony complexity kind of um feeling so that maybe we the people who stay Christian after they deconstruct maybe they can actually integrate back into their church that they grew up in or maybe they can integrate back into another tradition but not that they just went back to kind of the certainty beliefs of that group but they just found the way that they can have that community and hold it humbly you know without um without making uh I don't know the institution more of their identity than the than the the god that they're trying to worship. I would also add Joseph Smith to that list because I feel like Stone Campbell and Joseph Smith had a very similar story. And Joseph Smith's story was all of the churches are doing it wrong. Um, how can I get it right? And then he had the one unique truth, and and now we have um, we have Mormons, Mormonism, yeah. and I think. That speaks to the danger of the secret, absolute, one and only truth that I alone have discovered.
1: I mean, I don't know if we have any Mormon listeners, but I, you know, sorry if I'm about, I'm about to offend you if you are listening as a Mormon. I think that Joseph Smith's situation is different in that I think the guy, he, I think he was a a con man. I think he was doing it to get power and money. That's just based on the evidence of the rest of his life. But that's a whole other thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, can, I, I would definitely say I like Joseph Smith as a person a lot less than uh, Mr. Stone and Campbell. But they ended up starting movements that became very, 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 very similar. In- I think
1: almost any any movement's going to become that way if if part of that movement is... We've got it figured out, and
2: you don't. The one and only truth. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right about that. So, did we answer the question? Yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know. May- sure. Maybe that's deconstructing. I I like to answer the question too. Like, w- I wonder what could have happened if the Catholic Church responded differently to Martin
0: Luther. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Is that a story that um, that could well, happen? people or, would have died. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Or even in Stone Campbell, which was, by the way, a little pebble in the, in the lake of, of Christianity, but a unity movement of, of the church could have certainly ended up with maybe more unifying members, Mm -hmm. right? Than, uh, the, the very much, um, not unified church that somehow spawned out of it. (laughs) And, uh, I, I think that, uh, we are always have those opportunities to respond differently to our enemies or to choose love, not violence, intellectually, however, however that means. And so, we can be both Martin Luther nailing the thesis on the wall, but we can also be the institution taking offense to those um, those ideas. And we have the, I think we have some agency to figure out like what it is going to look like this decade. In this,
1: you know, actually that makes me think of the. Another difference between those two movements and what I see happening now. Both the Stone Campbell movement and Martin Luther had the mindset of something's going wrong, we need more rules. You're not following the rules, you're not doing it right. Whereas what I see a lot now is that we... People say, this isn't right. Something's going wrong. And it's like stepping away from the rules, stepping away from the feeling that there you have to be right, quote unquote. And so it's almost like a instead of a movement toward tighter restrictions and more conservatism, it's a move away from those restrictions and, a, and a, like a, a loosening
2: of the grip. Yes. Yeah, I like that a lot. And then how do you... How do you keep it that way though, without um, mm-hmm. starting to form cultural rules around?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've already come across like Facebook groups and websites of people who are they consider they're calling themselves deconstruction experts and deconstruction coaches. Yeah. And here's how you like you want to know how to deconstruct? Sign it for my email list, and it will give you a guide. You know, yeah. And then I'll put you through a sales funnel, and <laughs> hopefully, you'll buy my book. Right of how to do it the right way. And I've even heard uh, within the deconstruction community on TikTok of these people, like there are some, there are groups of people in, in that world on there that are very open and, and open minded and free thinking, et cetera. But then there are people who are kind of, uh, critical of that and saying, well, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) And people will say, quit telling me I'm doing it wrong. I'm deconstructing, you know? And so, then and there are people who are trying to set up boundaries and like hierarchies of it's it's just like human nature almost to pull it back into a, a give like if if it's not in a box I'm going to make a box for it and stick it in there and so to answer your question how do you keep it that way I don't know other than just making it a habit to think differently and I'm maybe you, you do that by. Purposely reading books that disagree with you or makes you make you uncomfortable. Like at least shoot one a year is probably enough to, you know, if you purposely do that, but if it's, it's just the opposite of a lot of the anti-racist stuff, honestly, is kind of a a way to approach this as far as um, actively and purposely retraining your brain to think of things in a different way, because whether you know it or not, or realize it or not, you are, your brain is in a rut that has been put there because you're 30, 40, whatever years old, and it's never had a chance to get out of that rut.
0: no friend like you. If heaven stop my call. Then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this
2: world anymore. Well, we have not given as many responses as there were questions asked. Um, and like I like to do, I saved many of the best for last, and uh, we are running out of time. so I thought those uh, were good questions, yeah. <laughs> they were possibly the best ones. Um, no, I mean the ones we that we asked already were good. Oh, they're... All my favorites. All are equally my favorite. You love all your children. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the ones that I didn't ask were my more favorite. Oh. Um, But uh, into patriarchy and matriarchy and the Bible, institutional racism coming up. What else? Uh, And then just a lot more doubt and, and Christianity and deconstruction and how to do it the right way in 10 easy steps. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, thanks again so much for, for submitting questions. I hope that you enjoyed this, uh, interaction between the group and the podcast and very happy to hear your responses to our responses.
1: Yeah. And you know, if you haven't joined the group, obviously we, we keep talking about it. So, you know, feel free to join the group. Um, maybe send us a gift to make sure that you get accepted. I don't know. You know?
2: Yeah. I haven't, I feel like I am anytime I see someone that I don't know who they are and they look suspicious. I just ignore it and hope that you make the decision. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, uh, so, but if you have been rejected from the group, you should, you should ask again. I think I, I said that last time.
1: Yeah. Like there's one person that I kept
2: rejecting and you kept, <laughs> you're like, This is a real person. (laughs) (laughs) This is a real person. You need to stop it just because their name sounds funny. uh, (laughs) Some people like some people make up fake Facebook accounts that are obviously fake. And then some people just look like obvious fake people. It's like, really? Your name is, you know, Sally Buttersquatch. And you you know, it's like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Wheat and some exciting news, Um, new music release, a drop, that's what you call it. New drop. Drop coming out, so uh, if you want to get with the drop, (laughs) Daniel Wheat uh, releasing a new song on March 25th, which is maybe today, if you're late listening to our show. February 25th. Did I say March? March. I meant February 25th. It's been a long pandemic, folks. Okay, (laughs) February 25th. Um, new song coming out uh, you can find Daniel on all the things Spotify um, Apple music Apple music can you use I, I have technology questions for later Um, <laughs> and uh, it's a the song is this world is not my home it's it's a retake on the classic that you all love and know and he made it better yeah, it's pretty good. I've heard it. Yeah, so download it, listen to it, whatever. Do the things with it, like it. Yeah, you can you can um follow, like all of these things, there are computers looking at those responses and deciding yep. if if that computer should recommend these artists or this podcast to other people. So do all the things, share, like, subscribe, download, um Daniel puts a lot of work into these um really sharing his heart and there are almost always stories or messages behind the the songs that you are going to connect with he's a deep deep uh feeler thinker human and so um and also the his idea he came up with the idea for our our shared Spotify music list that I listen to all the time. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good, great list. And, uh, Daniel's been working, uh, quite a lot. So there's, there's a lot more coming, coming after this, I'm sure. Um, so take a listen and, uh, tell your friends.
1: Cool. Well, looking forward to the next Q and either R or A. And, uh, one of also don't want to forget, um, the next book club book. that's coming up in couple episodes is going to be
2: heavy burdens. Heavy burdens.
1: Yep. By Bridget Eileen Rivera. So, grab your copy. Subtitle once again is um Seven Ways LGBTQ Christians Experience Harm in the Church. So, grab that uh, links in the on the website and in the show notes and that'll be on March 9th. So, join us for it that. Went. Yeah. All right. Well, stay warm with the snow and just snow tonight and iced on my car earlier today. So,
2: like Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I had to scrape my window.
2: I have an engineer friend. I I have like a hundred stories that prove that engineers aren't as smart as people think they are. But <laughs> engineer friend from Colorado went through a good old fashioned Oklahoma ice storm and used a hammer to try to break the ice on his windshield Mm, to predictable results. (laughs) Uh,
1: So, uh, I did have to chip my way into my car when I was a a sophomore, I think in in Oklahoma. uh Like I, I had heard about the ice storms and didn't believe it. Had, I was going to work and there was literally like a quarter inch of ice on every part of my car. Yeah. And I had to go back into my dorm room and get a,
2: like a, a screwdriver to chisel my way in couldn't believe it yeah those storms are intense i i don't think oklahomans even know how intense those storms are no no i think that they assume that what we go through in colorado is much worse but it's, those ice storms are crazy yeah yeah Give me a colorado winter at any time yeah, but now we're getting the ice storms so we it's it's fair i guess nothing to worry about there
1: okay i'll see you later man I see you take care
0: But it only takes a whisper
1: Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you got something out of the episode today. Check the show notes in your podcast app for all the links and references that were made, or you can find it all at followingthefire.com. If you'd like to support the show, please go to patreon.com/followingthefire to become a patron. And of course, we'd love it if you rate the podcast and share it with others. See you
0: later. at home in this world anymore